Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to Podcast 136. I'm Dan Moylan. I have Michael Normanson with me. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Summer Special is now on general sale. Any remaining copies that haven't gone in the pre-sale, which is now closed, on sale via our website. And it's a glorious looking thing. Uh, another quick plug for that. 108 pages, Andy Hughes interview. 180 pages, loads of photos, 180 pages. It's 180 pages. It's the biggest thing the Square Ball has ever actually done in terms of just like page count. It's a brave move to have 120 pages of adverts. (laughs) Some of the pages just say 180 pages on them. No, it's glorious. It is really, really good. Been looking at the uh, the final proofs of it. And when that one gets shipped to you, you're going to love it. If you fancy having a look at that, it's on the website, thesquareball.net. Well, thank the Lord, we've finally got something to talk about. The fixtures are out, so we know exactly when we won't be playing because Sky are going to move them all around. Well, they've already moved one. Thankfully, we got the tip of what, of what the first game would be as a result of Sky moving them. Um, so we know we knew before they even came out that the big gun fucking is over. Sunday afternoon, 4.30, Bristol City away. It's a biggie. Fantastic. It's exactly what you want. Big, big game for Bristol City anyway. They're very excited. Lee Johnson's immediately leapt into action with lots of... Um, Boring Spygate jokes, basically. I didn't hear his other interviews. It was, um, what's his face at Leeds Live pointed out that apparently all the different journalists who'd spoken to Lee Johnson about the, the fixtures got exactly the same or variations on the same. Uh, me and my assistant manager have just rented out a two bed flat overlooking Leeds training ground so we can get a good old view of their training. I mean, this, this was six months ago and it was fucking, it was Derby. Not to do with him. Did we even spy on Bristol? Nobody knows. Yeah, it does feel like he's kind of a little bit late to the party with that one, trying out the same humour. It's like the, when you hear, like, you know, it's the family member and you laugh at the joke the first time and then the second, third, fourth, six hundredth time. You, yeah, you can hear someone going around a room doing the same little bit of spiel to everybody. Any words from the Bristol City chairman who was uh, an outspoken uh, person on, on Spygate? He'll probably be on his private island somewhere just counting his money. Don't think he's uh, he's noticed the fixes are out yet. How do we feel about that, Bristol away? It's all right. It's, the weird thing is now we're off the back of a good season. I don't look at the fixtures the way I used to. I used to just go down whole months and go, well, we're not winning anything. We're not winning any games in March. We're not winning any games in, in August or whatever. Whereas this, you sort of look at them and go, yeah. They're all eminently beatable. Could win all of them. <laughs> Can we just go on record and say this was in the summer of 2019 before the pessimism set in? Yeah, when we lose our opening six games and Bielsa leaves, this will seem very stupid. He's not going to leave us ever. Mm, everyone leaves eventually. 
But I was similarly up. I'd looked at it and 46 games, 46 wins. I don't see any particular trouble. Start. We'll, <laughs> we have to, uh, it's a little bit annoying that we have to wait for all the other teams to play. And we're the day after before we can start asserting our supremacy. So there will be, a, there'll be a day when we're probably bottom of the league. Well, not quite because there'll be people on minus goal difference. We'll stay, yeah. we'll stay in the middle. But we won't be top is the, the frustrating thing. They should really correct it now, rearrange the league table. It's probably in alphabetical order in the close season. Just put leads at the top above whoever. Are there any teams begin with A in this division? I didn't even know Fulham were in it. So <laughs> by the way, it was genuine confusion. Like so in my, brain somewhere I did know that Fulham were relegated from the Premier League it's just in that in the moment recording it last week that information refused to come it was like the time when we sat here and nobody could think of a player who who'd played for Rotherham and Leeds United and then we, we got home and Michael had sent me a photograph of Luciano Becchio in a Rotherham kit these things you know them they just don't necessarily come to mind but I genuinely is there a team beginning with A there's the addicts I've, I've just looked I think Barnsley will actually be top alphabetically <laughs> it's a ludicrous league already and Charlton will be up there we, the other thing I'd like to complain about these fixtures, I think it was you pointed out on Twitter, Dan, the numbering of the, of the fixtures, how ah, the, there yeah. was a, a zero one, but also that colour. I'm already sick of that pissy gold colour that we've put in on everything. It's outside the club shop, it's what we're putting our fixtures on. The, when the shirt is launched, I imagine it's going to be that shitty colour as well. I think we'll um, we'll definitely see quite a lot of gold this year. That's Celebrating our 100 years by using a colour that we've used once during a particularly dark time with GFH. You'll have to forgive me because I can't remember the person's name, but I saw it described as Corma Gold on uh, on Twitter, which was great. It doesn't look too bad on a blue background. That's all right. But they keep putting it against white and white against it. And that's just, it's not a good combo. If we stride out of that tunnel in all gold on the first home fixture, I think I might be upset. I feel, I've got a feeling we're going to have a gold away kit and a white with gold trim home kit. We were originally proposed when the fans first started talking about putting... Leeds United getting us out of the Huddersfield kit into something more civic. It was primrose yellow was what it was. And it got quick, quickly upgraded to uh, to gold. So the yellow that we originally had was supposed to be a vibrant gold to reflect what's on the civic crest, but not necessarily this. But we used to have the old gold, didn't we? That was nice. It had a warmth to it. It was mm. bright and it was uh, very prominent. Well, this, this just feels a bit, I, I don't know, maybe are we just scarred from the GFH piss gold kit? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. That was the one that someone... I- can't remember what it was now. Someone said that they uh, admitted to taking my freebie that I offered on this very podcast because I've got a voucher through and I was like, I don't want it. <laughs> send, send us an email if you want it. I'll send you the voucher. I mean, if it does turn out to be the colour of one of the kits, we don't know what material that kit will be made out of. It could be that if we are wearing... Gossamer. Some, some kind of, or, or foil. If it's some kind of metallic, like, chainmail construction <laughs> chain in that colour, <laughs> it might actually look all right when you see it in motion, the, the, the lights playing across it. So... <laughs> We just need to wait and see exactly, but yeah, on the fixture list with the dates all written in different styles. Um, I'm, I'm just going to put this one out there. I think Barry Douglas already owns something in Chainmail. <laughs> Probably a singlet or something like that. Did you see him dressed as a zebra the other day? I've seen him dressed as many things. Any other fixtures then that, uh, that jump out of you? We've got, well, Preston at home on Boxing Day. It's all right, nice and convenient. That'll but- be a good game to get the, uh, the league championship trophy, that one, I think. Are we claiming it by then? Oh, I think so. May I hand that over on Boxing Day. Nice Christmas present. January the 1st at West Brom in our gold kit. No? Nah, rubbish. New Year games are always terrible. I'd rather we didn't do them. I think Derby, Derby second to last game of the season looks nice for a potential bit of devilment. They were straight out with the banter as well. I didn't even really get what they put a tweet out and I saw mentions of Derby are putting, are putting a right tweet out and I looked at it. 
made no sense. So well, it's going on with my life. I had to go and have a look on the Derby feed because, I, again, like you, I wasn't quite sure what the context was. And they'd highlighted the big games of the season. So they'd highlighted the first game of the season, whoever they've got. They highlighted the Forest fixture and they highlighted the Leeds fixture with some popcorn emojis. Right. Okay. They had that confusing slogan at the bottom as well that mm. said, it's in our DNA youth. Yes. I'm not sure how you're meant to read it. That's the bit that threw me. Is that is that their slogan for the season? I have no idea. And, I mean, and also their best young players last year belong to other clubs. And their, their manager will belong to another club soon. So really the, what will be in their DNA, just a yawning chasm. And we finish the season at home to Charlton. If Lee Bowyer is still uh, seeing his contract out, the, the dying embers of his contract, one year contract has he got there? Yeah, it's the same game that we uh, we came into this division in the first place, off, off, off. <laughs> when we uh, played Charlton our last game in the Premier League and our last game before going back. Are we going to go back then looking at those fixtures? I think we might. I mean, people keep telling me like Luton have got a good team and they've got momentum and all this stuff. But if we can't, we'll win at Kenilworth Road, surely. We'll probably also tear it to pieces. <laughs> it won't take much. <laughs> no, Ten million needs, pounds worth of improvements. It needs doing. Admittedly, we haven't got very many players yet and we'll probably sell some more. But no, that's not a problem. No one's bought players yet, though, either. That's the other thing. It feels like a quiet time at the moment. Luton. I'm sure Luton have got some incomings. Charlton have picked up a couple of players. Clive Mendonca. Yeah, I looked at this fixture list and I thought, yeah, they're all eminently winnable. Even with last year's squad and no additions, we could probably do it. Probably. Will we do it, though? I actually think we might. I don't yeah, know why. I, my, my waters are saying early doors. This is it. This I never, I never thought we would last year. Well, I did at points, but mainly I didn't. <laughs> Um, which was a real cop-out, I know. But I actually think we might do it this year. Well, like on a deep level, you've got that that feeling. Mm, I might even reinvest some of my um, defeat winnings on us going up. So you will be to blame for the jinx? Well, no, because... Mm, hang on. Like, no, because last year I put money on us not going up on one. So it wouldn't be jinxing it, because surely we should have... That should have been an anti-jinx last year. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's all getting a bit Harry Potter for my liking, is this? It's anyway, we're gonna, we need, it's going to go on with a Carabao Cup double anyway. I'll put that on. Because we're definitely winning that as well. Well, we did joke, didn't we, last week about playing a team from Salford in pre-season and we are playing uh, another team from Salford, the bigger one in many ways, uh, just after pre-season finishes. Got a bigger budget, spent more on players, probably signed better players as well than the uh, the big ones. Yes, it's the that lovely story of the little club coming up with the help of some some millionaires and a Singaporean business magnate and running up losses of 32 grand a week. You can already see with the way the Football League have been tweeting about Salford City being in the League 2 now, it actually might give us a, a helpful chance of promotion. If you believe that conspiracy of the, they've been keeping leads in the Football League for the viewing figures and for the attention and the, the media inflation that they get from, from our presence, while they're distracted, basically filleting Gary Neville for the next six months, we could possibly just sneak out the top and while they're keeping, they've got years of Salford City to, to play with ahead. We might be able to just get out of here and leave them and Neville. And which of the other ones is it that I assume fucking is Robbie Savage part of the uh, the consortium, the class of 92? Beckham, but Skulls. Is he? No, he's banned, isn't he? The man with the betting troubles. I, th- I thought he'd been allowed to be older manager, even though he was manager, even though he part owned another team. I can't remember. I don't know. The, the, for some reason, those uh, his bets came back into the the news last week because he put eight thousand pounds on um, Gary Neville's Valencia to beat Barcelona and lost. They lost six <laughs> nil. So this is a, a, a level of the uh, the gambling he's doing anyway. 
just going back to that Robbie Savage reference, for anybody who doesn't remember this or is perhaps too young, you'll be aware that we won the FA Youth Cup in 1993 and the youth team that came through that we beat, that we played against was the Beckham, Skulls, et cetera, et cetera. However, uh, playing for that team in red at Ellen Road, I, re- I remember it, he uh, was a, a blonde, mopped idiot. He uh, already had Leeds fans singing that he was a jippo. If from you watch the, it back, you can hear it straight away. We we spotted him a mile off. From the get-go. Yeah, Robbie Savage. And we hated him from the moment he stepped onto Allen Road. He was a striker in those days as well. Yeah. Doesn't seem right. Uh, is Keith Gillespie one of the investors? Just <laughs> trying to keep up? I think his earnings mainly went into Guinness. Ben Thornley, he one of the, the famous <laughs> class of 92 that's involved. Whitmarsh, the goalkeeper. Casper, <laughs> whoever he was. For, what was Casper's first Chris name? Chris Casper. Chris Casper, the legend. I'm sick of Man U anyway. They've got too many teams. There's already the proper one. Then there's FC United. Then there's this one. Pick one. Get rid of the other two. I propose we keep FC United. FC United and get rid of the other two. Yeah, I, I would support that idea. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll put that to the football league. <laughs> they might be open to some new ideas now that um, Sean's uh, departed, and obviously the football league are not in charge of the FA Premier League. However, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And the draw in Morrison's did not go terribly. It was weird, but I didn't see it. So talk me through it. They stood in the foyer of Morrison's. They forced John Barnes to say something weird about how this was taking the game back to the people because some people had come to the supermarket to watch them do it. So he was kind of like, there they are. And then they drew some balls out and and this game came out and that was basically it. It might be too expensive for a lot of people, normal working people to attend games these days, but you can watch a cup draw in Morrison's. Yeah. That's, so that's as good. I mean, we, as uh, Jake Humphrey will tell you, we, we should thank the television companies for uh, for giving us the chance to see. It was uh, Ray Parler and uh, John Barnes pulling balls out of a bag in a fucking fruit and veg section. Was it one of those um, new recyclable bags, not one of the old single-use oh, plastic you, ones? Well, Morrison's are leading the game in uh, fighting climate change. Paper bags all the way over there and lots of wonky vegetables. <laughs> Well, this is thrilling. We've got an announcement. It won't be a new announcement to you if you heard the extra ball last week, if you are a subscriber to that. This was an exclusive to those good people. However, we bring it to you, the freeloaders, now uh, to let you know that we will be doing more podcasts, as promised, this next season, this forthcoming season. Are we classing this as this season now, or is it still next season? Pre-season training will have started by the time people are listening. So I think we may be into... This season. The centenary season has begun. Let the gold glitter fall. Right, so this season, yes, we will be doing, after each match, a reaction podcast, which we will bring you. So hopefully at least, well, I want to say a maximum 46 league games, because I don't want to be doing playoffs again. That all got quite uh, sad towards the end. Yeah, this idea came about because the Derby one, which was one of the most heartbreaking evenings of my life, uh, went really well. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of lit up a light bulb in our heads, didn't we? We thought, actually, the reaction stuff is... um, it's quite interesting. It's an interesting experiment. So we're going to do that after each game, plus bring you the regular regular weekly podcast on top of that as well. And the reason why we want to announce it to you as well is to say thank you to the people who subscribed to the Extra Ball who have basically enabled us to do that. We've also been out and bought some podcasting equipment, which is pretty interesting, which means we're no longer tied to the studio. So hopefully we'll be able to hassle people, get some interviews, go from place to place, tracking down the uh, the big scoops and all that sort of stuff. But a huge thank you from us to you if you subscribe to The Extra Ball. On this week's, we're going to be looking at this. Well, just have a listen to this. Oh, hi there. My name is Jake Frogmouth II, and I work in Hollywood. Who would you cast in a Legion United movie? 
who would play the parts of the players in the Legion at Saga? Uh, I, I await your reply. Uh, yours faithfully, Jake Frogmouth, the second. <laughs> it arrived on our WhatsApp number, uh, so we thought we'd give it a go. So you can hear us tackle that one on this week's Extra Ball. If you're not yet a subscriber to it and you would like to support us and get behind us doing more podcasting, have a look on the website, uh, all explained on there, the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Still not bought anybody, but we've had a follow on social media from a prominent footballer. It's as good as a purchase, really. Helder Costa followed us on, uh, not us, but the club on, was it Instagram? I think mm-hmm. so. I think you followed Barry Douglas as well. So it could be that he's just wanting to keep up with fashion tips. He's not actually interested in joining the football club. He just wants to get every possible photograph of Barry Douglas he can see, jacking his style. I've started to really want Helder Costa now, and I don't know enough about him to legitimately want him. I just know that. He was at Wolves and they were good and he's probably better than Jack Harrison and I'm happy with that. But we, then we seem they seem to want about 15 million quid for him. We'll probably be getting Jack Harrison as well. Don't make it worse. I think he'll be all right, Jack Harrison. This next he's season. all right. I think he's he'll, all right. He'll improve on what we saw last year. I think so. Because he knows the system. He knows, he knows the, the, club. the club. Yeah. Mm. And it means we'll miss uh, Jack Clark less because he's gone uh, the other way on social media by removing his the fact that he plays for Leeds United from his Instagram profile. Hmm. I mean, do we want to read in, in anything into social media? I reported him under the Malicious Communications Act. Was he done to you? He removed LUFC from his social media profile. That's, that, that was malicious to you how? Because it means he might be leaving Leeds. That's malicious. Okay. Little git. Could have just waited until it's properly announced or something, but... Much as I'm not sure how good Helder Costa is, I'm not really sure how good Jack Clark is. If the only bits we'd seen of him were the post-seizure games, you'd have been quite happy for him to just leave on a free because he was shit. And if it was properly crap when he came back after that. And if the only thing you knew about him, if you were signing him, was that we were getting a player post-seizure, you'd probably also be, hmm, is he going to have a medical? Did we ever find out what that was? Virus, they said, wasn't it? There was some rumour that it was a virus and five cans of Red Bull that tipped him <laughs> over the edge. Really? Caffeine virus? <laughs> Caffeine overdose? But that's yes. just, that's the sort of thing a daft 18-year-old lad would do. I feel a bit, I feel a bit poorly. I know it'll help. <laughs> More sugar than a person should ever have. Hang on, let me get that giant-sized can of Monster, <laughs> shovel it down my neck. Well, he's going to be going, isn't he? Let's face it, he's going, and and I think I'm all right with it. Is it just because I'm accustomed to young players going, or because I accept financial fair play is part and parcel? I don't know. Why do I feel like this? It's because he didn't really contribute much last year. I think he's not. He wasn't really a part of the team, and even though he might be very good, that's all he is at the moment. And it's also the fact that a Champions League finalist wants him. So that says something about his potential that they'll pay not enough to get him. The rumour today that's come from some unreliable journalist is eight and a half million up front rising to 13, which I'm both happy figures, that, they, don't, they both seem that little. And when you talk about, I've seen several people saying if it was 10 million rising to 15, they'd be happy with that. But, so it's kind of a fine margin, but yeah, it just doesn't quite feel like quite enough. But it's, yeah, it's the destination. If he was... If it was another, uh, like, Lewis Cook going to Bournemouth, you can kind of deal with it because you feel like, oh, it's a, a good move and it's still 50-50 whether he's going to go on and become captain of England by doing that. Whereas going straight to Spurs feels like, oh, God, he's going to be straight in their first team because he's brilliant and we'll have Jack Harrison because he's shit. It's just that thing, I think, isn't it, maybe, that until we get out of this division, we can only really think about getting out of this division there's nothing more we can think about really in terms of long-term planning because it's just a money pit, isn't it? We can't afford to hang around and wait for him to, to be good. That's it. And that's not 
Leeds United's fault. It's not Radwick Town's fault. It's the it's the division that we're in. We either ignore financial fair play and just go and pay loads of money for players, or we have to get it from somewhere. And it's worth pointing out that FFP people still wonder if it's kind of a a paper tiger and an, an empty threat. But Reading are currently not allowed to sign any players because their uh, financials aren't straight. They may not even have breached FFP. They just can't prove it at the moment. So they said, right, transfer embargo. Sheffield Wednesday also under this. This is soft a soft embargo. embargo yeah. yeah. So I think you can sign somebody. You basically have to go to the football league and beg to be allowed to, to sign somebody and prove that it won't damage your FFP situation. So there are clubs out there. Um, this is on top of Birmingham being fined uh, uh, points last year. So there are punishments happening and things going on that aren't always widely reported that say that when people want to just oh, forget about it because it's boring and let's just keep Jack Clark and buy Joanne Luigi Buffon, it's not that easy. There are constraints and it does mean, it, it takes on religious connotations where you say we, we must sacrifice Sacrifice one our young, youngest. Yes, one young soul every year must must be sacrificed on the to, temple, to Sean Harvey. On the altar of monster. Yeah. <laughs> Jacked up to the eyeballs, literally. Uh yeah, speaking of uh, of Buffon, which is the most outrageous rumour, Gianluigi Buffon or Dimitri Payet? We're not getting Buffon. Are we getting Payet? <laughs> no. There's... Would you like them? Either of them? Yeah, both of them. If they're, if they're willing to come for like, I don't know, I pay him eight grand a week or something, that'd it, be fine. It encourages me that um, Buffon is the same age as me, uh, which <laughs> makes me feel like I've still got a chance. You've got more of a chance of playing for Leeds than Buffon, I would say at this stage. There were two um, breakdowns of where those rumours had come from. Apparently the Payet one can be traced to just some random tweets. Um, some account with 75 followers said reports in the French media, but there has been no reports in the French media. Whereas it is uh, Corriella, Corriere, it's, a, it's an Italian newspaper <laughs> that says um, uh, Leeds, Fluminese and Porto have all made contact with Buffon's agent. So it is has been put in black and white in a newspaper um, that that could happen. So he's a slightly more, um, I mean, he's not happening. I wish it would. I would love, I mean... If, there's if, a, what there is, is there's a chain of logic is what you mean, isn't there? In regards to like Radrizani, Juventus, etc. But... Yeah, that's true. I've not even thought given of it that way. And Paris Saint-Germain as well with the Qatar lot. Given we're trying to get rid of Kiko Casilla because he's too expensive, <laughs> we're then moving on to sign probably the top earning goalkeeper of the last decade. Said to be on three times what Kiko is currently on. The reason I want this to happen is just to test Bailey Peacock Farrell's play me or lose me stance. Because you imagine turning up at first day of pre-season, well, tomorrow, and Joanne Luigi Buffon, 901 club games, 175 caps, 10 league titles, one World Cup. He's there. Bailey Peacock Farrell takes one look at him straight into Angus Kinnear's <laughs> office. Who's this fucker? You told me I was going to be the number one keeper. Oh, Bailey, it's 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 Joanne Luigi Buffon. Don't care. <laughs> Never heard of him. Here's some videos of me doing some routine stuff. <laughs> if I'm not number one next season, I'm out. Then where will you be? So we'll we'll have Joanne Luigi Buffon and go, Never, don't care. So just purely for that drama, I'd love to see that happen. Or just, just the interview where he says, yeah, I actually, I, I decided to stay. I thought I might give it a year, see if he could tell me anything. Do we need to be worried about what uh, Angus Kinnear's been saying, playing stuff down, or is that just part and parcel of the game? He always says things like this. We're happy with the team we've got. If there are opportunities to sign players who will improve us for the right price, then we'll do it. But until then, we might have to sign Pat Bamford. Which, to be fair, is very much Bielsa's party line. Like, he always talks up the squad that he's got, thinks they're brilliant, whereas 
you suspect his private thoughts may not quite match up to exactly what he's saying publicly. We are short at the moment. There's no doubt because even just in terms of not re-signing Jack Harrison, if that's going to be the move, the fact we haven't done it yet means that what one significant first team player has gone from last season, uh, whatever you think of him, he played most of the games. And then there's the three loan slots just haven't been filled. So Bielsa was happy with the size of his squad and the depth of his squad with those players, with four loanies, until we got those loanies back as a minimum. Uh, we're short under still the question of a player to replace Saiz and... Um, and the goalkeeping thing needs sorted <laughs> out. Um, Don't call him that. He's a human being. He's barely, barely keeping up far. Well, we've either got two goalkeepers or none. We don't know at the moment. That's So there's th- those are things where I can't be quite as confident in the squad that we've got as Angus Kinnear just until those things. I don't, I don't think they're going to be major problems. I'm sure we'll, we'll get somebody into those spots, but we are starting pre-season training with uh, numbers down. It is worth saying as well that the new season in terms of financially doesn't start until the 1st of July anyway, so that's when any contracts would start. That's worth just bearing in mind. The thing I wanted to ask you about, he said that Bielsa knows precisely what to do to make sure we get it right this year, having missed out last year. What do we need to do this year, Michael, to get it precisely right? A goalkeeper and a centre-back. I think we'd have gone up with proper cover in those positions last year. About wingers. I think we'd have actually got through on what we. I think everything else we would have got through on. But I think, Strikers. I think we. I think we got. We'd have got through. We lost key games because of stupid defensive errors and because of stupid attacking misses. Yeah, because we did the expected goals for and against at some length, didn't we? And it was the expected goals for that cost us. We were hard to score against. Sorry, Michael, you're wrong. We need a a goalkeeper, or we need Kiko Kisir to sort his life out and become good, um, and maybe take a pay cut. And it might be that we don't need to sign one. We sort of, we've said it before that either Pat or uh, Kem are just kind of learning to stick the best chances in the league into the nets uh, would be good. But then that's part of the the production of that was Jack Harrison and was Pablo Hernandez. Whether Pablo can keep it up for another season is a question. And Harrison is a Manchester City player. So need to uh, sort that stuff out. But defence is fine. That's why we've let Paudi O'Connor and... Hugo Diaz go with letting defenders go all over the place. We had far too many. You're talking about if we had more cover, we had too many. And fucking Connor Shocknessy, I don't know if he's gone yet, but I forgot about him. He should be going. Number 10, is there not a big argument for that? Because our season dipped after the oh, whole yeah. side. We need one of them too. I forgot about that. <laughs> Tyler Roberts. Did very well there. I think, uh, would, would we like him as an option though, rather than a, as your main starter? They did really well, but maybe not quite enough. I don't know if he improved so much last season, you know, he might, he might do the same again and make that role his own. We didn't sign him for that position, but you know, that's Bielsa. I think it's one of those positions where to get a player, I mean, Saiz was, we were quite lucky to find him and then we realised why he was sort of cheap in the end. It's very difficult to find a player who could play that position as well as a Saiz or as well as um, Messi, for example. <laughs> it's It's a, it's a really difficult position to play and be that exciting and to find that player an affordable version of that could be quite difficult. Borrow one from Wolves. Yeah, I mean, we could sign uh, whoever plays centre-half for them and just stick them in as our number 10 to see if it works. Or Costa and move him inside. It could be Pablo goes back there and just doesn't run about as much. Click, ended the season there. So he's the other option and then leave uh, Adam Forshaw. We'll maybe loan him back from Fulham and play him. (laughs) But it could be that Shackleton takes over 
clicks position. Shackleton used to play number 10, so I'm just babbling about who we could possibly play there. <laughs> so we do have some options, but that is a, an, a I think signing a, a really outrageously gifted playmaker is the dream come true, especially with the kind of budget that we're talking about. So I, I kind of fear that might be might be unlikely. It might be simpler to get a similar result by using Tyler Roberts and just like really good wingers. On to our all new section now, which is where we try and offend a nationality, uh, a whole ethnic group, uh, ignite cross-border tensions, that kind of thing. Uh, Michael, we've had some direct feedback regarding your uh, Mickey O'Normanton turn last week where you imitated Robbie Keane and at least 10 to 15 of the different counties. It was broad. It was a broad Irish accent. I was trying to include everybody. It was, it was, that's what we are. We're an inclusive podcast. We don't want to offend anybody. We want to offend absolutely everybody. Uh, we heard from Martin in Dublin. As a proud Dubliner, I want to go on record. I think I speak for everyone in Dublin when I say that I really enjoyed Michael's Robbie Keane impression and that Moscow's reference to London area is far more offensive. Should just say for the record, I've seen Martin's number and it's definitely plus three five three. So that's not somebody else imitating an Irishman. <laughs> definitely well, a real Irishman. Are we sure Michael hasn't looped that through some kind of overseas exchange and this is him just phoning up to praise himself? It was hard to tell them apart, wasn't it? But what do you think of that then, Michael? He's, he thinks you're, you've done all right. I'm happy to hear it. I was not sure how it went, to be honest. But the feedback was generally not too bad. A few people saying it was a bit mixed. Like you said, dotting between the counties a little bit. But I did actually look up some um, YouTube videos since then of trying to work out the differences between the counties, but it, it needs more research, maybe in a future pod. And he did say, I think I'm speaking for everybody in Dublin. And Moscow's name, obviously, is dirt there. It's That's clear. He, he's on a list. I bet you, I'd be surprised if you can even get in the country. Well, let's just see what the uh, the news this week is from the, the Republic of Ireland and see how you cope with this. And how should we stir up troubles this week then, for just, a want of a better phrase? Just get Pat Bamford involved. He really seems to be upsetting absolutely everybody um, in the Republic of Ireland. Last week, well, it's been uh, Mick McCarthy for a while. Last week, Robbie Keane started getting involved saying, what was he saying, Michael? You play for your country. Oh, yeah, it's proud, something and, like that. And this week, and obviously all this was kicked off by Chris Wilder. Now it's, um, who I don't know if he has any connections to uh, to Ireland. We'll find out. Maybe he is behind this all. Clinton Morrison is now annoyed about Pat Bamford, Michael. <laughs> Clinton Morrison is not Irish. I know this for a fact. Plays for the Republic. 36 caps. Born in Tooting. But Tooting, his, okay. His, his grandmother um, is as Irish as they come. And so that's that's how he played for them. He also had the option of playing for Jamaica, but he chose Ireland. I think the best bet here would be for you to tackle it as Chris Wilder. I think that's going to be the nearest we can get to tooting. <laughs> what annoys me is that Patrick Bamford, I know him too well. I'm not being disrespectful here. I don't think Bamford would ever play for England. If Ireland keep calling and you keep saying nah, then, then don't bother. He's not better than McGoldrick or Shane Long. I don't know why we keep chasing him. I've watched him a few times for Leeds. All I keep talking about is his diving. For me personally, he's okay as a footballer, but he's not brilliant. Hey, you want to play or you don't want to play? <laughs> is that Eddie McGoldrick? I think it's the guy who plays for Sheffield United. David McGoldrick. Yeah, Eddie. Ed, Eddie's, Eddie's niece. <laughs> I did actually think no, Eddie's of, nephew. I thought of Eddie McGoldrick at the, the same time. Which, because, and I'll tell you why, 
I had his pro set card when he played for Crystal Palace in 1991. And I don't know if it's the way he was printed or the way he lived his uh, life in general, but he, he looked deathly pale. And so whenever he cropped up in swapsies, it was like getting the, the death card in a tarot deck. <laughs> I've just looked up Eddie McGoldrick and he's got sporting an incredible monobrow, literally one of the best I've ever seen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Google Eddie McGoldrick, Google images, first picture. Tremendous. But Pat Bamford's international career does seem to be like taking over from the border and Brexit is the, the most pressing concern being discussed on the island of Ireland. It's all got a bit weird, hasn't it, in, in the sense that this is just him not picking up the phone to Mick McCarthy. It's become like the office gossip around the island camp, clearly, hasn't it? Have you heard about, you heard about Pat? He's fucking bastard, <laughs> And imagine him turning up now if he does get on, on the phone. One, that's going to be an awkward phone call because Mick McCarthy, I can... <laughs> I can hear him now going, oh, it's himself. And then turning up to- Hello, chaps. (laughs) Yeah, turning up to training on the first day. Hi. And then when he misses his first chance in his first game, God almighty, it's not going to- Can I bring my acoustic guitar to training? Has he graduated from the violin now then, has he? He does play guitar, doesn't he? I've seen a clip of him on YouTube. If he could play uh, guitar and violin together, he could do a one-man course tribute act. Is he that guy that gets the acoustic guitar out when you go to a house party? Yep, 100%. Should we move on from Ireland then onto the Balkans, seeing as we've upset everybody? Uh, oh, it's much more peaceful over there. <laughs> yeah, the little tension that I've heard about these days. Gianni Alioski is trying to keep peace, at least. He is uh, described as um, an example from which the whole country is taught in uh, North Macedonia, as said by the, the president of the entire country, Stevo Pandorovsky. I don't know if, if his real name is Steve and that's a nickname. But um, yes, I, there was a little hint of this in the news uh, that Alioski had been asked to leave a restaurant. We and, mentioned uh, it last week anyway. Yeah, yeah and I, I did, if you want the full story, and this is a blatant plug to try and get people to part with more money, but the Patreon thing that I do, I did a full write-up of it on there. The brief outline of it was, he was having dinner with his family in his hometown of Prelep in uh, in Macedonia, North Macedonia, sorry, and he was, uh, his father arrived. His family is ethnic Albanian and they make up 25% of the population of Macedonia. And they started speaking to his dad in Albanian, and suddenly uh, the waiter said, oh, this this table's reserved, actually, you'll all have to leave. Kicked off a little bit, and then they realised, apparently, it's like, oh, they realised they were kicking out Gianni Alioski, and so I said, oh, no, actually, yes, we've got loads of tables, none of them were reserved. Alioski wasn't having it, went out, left the place, left the entire neighbourhood, he said, because they were so ashamed of and embarrassed by being kicked out because of the language they were speaking and uh, and released a, pre- a statement to the media saying that he, this was terrible the way he'd been uh, treated and it's it's gone huge so the reason the uh, the president was making uh, was talking about him being an example from which the whole country is taught is because the conversation about it in North Macedonia has reached a level where the president had to uh, had to speak out about it saying what happened to and they call him well he called him Ezan E Z Z A N uh, what happened to our Ezan Alioski is unacceptable and for condemnation. Uh, he's been speaking the language he knows best on the football field with five goals and six assists, representing the country in the Championship of England. Ezan continues to rejoice with good team play, an example from which the whole country is taught. And one of the uh, the think pieces that caught my eye, a columnist saying that uh, it's time to realise that we are all Gianni Alioski and to eradicate the hatred in those who humiliated him in his native prelep, in his native Macedonia. So we are all Gianni Alioski is the message that is being put about in uh, in North Macedonia. And he himself, he did a he did a, an interview saying his version of events is a bit 
tension around his his position in the national team anyway because of his ethnicity. He doesn't sing and a few other players don't sing the national anthem. I did find a tweet basically saying that enemies of the Macedonian people, like Alioski, shouldn't be allowed in Macedonian restaurants, let alone the national team. Uh, some people don't even want him to play, but he... Uh, uh, he did an interview outlining again what had happened and then the, there's footage of him going to a fundraising concert where they were playing him. Uh, I think it's Don't Stop Me Now, the covers band is playing <laughs> as he's walking in and he took a lead shirt uh, to donate to the cause of a, um, there's a child that needs some hospital treatment that's a, a cause celeb in North Macedonia at the moment and the, the report said that uh, the, the Leeds United player will fight hatred with humanity. So he's had quite a week. Wow, crikey. Michael, just asking you, what do you think of the situation with the ethnic Albanians in North Macedonia. Sounds bad. Sounds like a bad situation for him. But who'd have thought though that he's become like the sensible one? <laughs> he's a diplomat and a peacemaker. Yeah. Does seem odd. But yeah, fair play to him. Sounds like he's handled it well. I've long been interested in his double life because there was a time last season when we were losing games. No, the season before we were losing games and he kept putting out his tweets with his highlights videos. It's because he's a big star in, in North Macedonia. There's always only Goran Pandev that plays for Genoa, who really has a, like a bigger international profile. So it did get a lot of attention. And yeah, the, the full versions on, you can find it on Patreon, Vimy, Twitter and stuff. Um, and I spent a long time like translating, uh, tweets out of, uh, North Macedonian and, uh, and blinking slightly at the contents because there's a lot of anger about, uh, well, it's the former Yugoslavia. So it's like, yeah. that's as, as angry as it can get. I remember going on holiday to Yugoslavia when it was still Yugoslavia at the time and looking out the hotel window and spelled out in the flowers below, it just said Tito, who was the dictator, wasn't it, in Yugoslavia. That's the extent of my knowledge of Balkan politics. Seriously. So you lived in Bradford, went on holiday to um, war zones. You're like a home from home, don't you? Fantastic. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. On to heroes and villains now. Uh, somebody who's made our life better, somebody who's made our life worse across the last seven days as Leeds fans. We start off with the Ken Bates Villainy Award and it's custom for Ken to get a nomination. What is he having the first nomination for? 
Um, amongst his acts, when he came in as owner of Leeds United, before he then wasn't owner of Leeds United because he was a prick, he withdrew the funding from the women's team. So they had to limp on for, for a while. They were, uh, they had some sponsorship to keep them going. And then they had to uh, just be not part of our club anymore. And uh, they became Leeds Carnegie for a little bit. And lots of players uh, had to move on. And it's the Women's World Cup now with a number of players still from that era uh, in and around the England team. I think um, Rachel Daly is one who was a little bit uh, later than that. Um, but there's a lot of those players passed through Leeds United at some point. Um, but he was not having it. I don't get the feeling he's that into like, like women's rights and stuff. I can't call it a hunch. <laughs> I don't think he's into the rights of anybody, is he? Apart from himself. This is true. And of course, we've got to nominate him for the, the unspoken thing, mm-hmm. which will never get spoken about. No, well, I mean, that's just tacitly understood now, isn't it? Nod and a wink and just, yeah. Move on. Uh, who's next? Slim pickings, really, but um, Dean Smith, just for continuing to try to get Calvin Phillips offers. Yeah. What was that? 30 million? That's what we're asking for. I think we should go higher, to yeah. be honest. 300, 300 million. Why not? Really, really just just leave him alone. Give us all your Premier League money and you can have him. Mm. Villa fans of their part are being quite reasonable about this when I've seen them talking about it on Twitter because they're sort of saying we did the same with Grealish, stuck a massive price tag on him, waited for someone to pay it and then he just stayed. So hopefully Calvin will do the same. It doesn't sound like he wants to go. And he was, he was uh, conspicuous by his presence in the fixture list launch and doing the interviews about how he's looking forward to pre-season training and all this stuff and seeing the lads again and uh, and saying goodbye to them, packing his things and going to Birmingham. <laughs> he didn't say that part. Behave yourself. Speaking of Birmingham. Oh, Gary Monk. Shenanigans. Sacked by uh, Birmingham City. Although there is some speculation he's going to get the Newcastle job, which I don't know if that's just because uh, Mike Ashley likes his style. His style as revealed by uh, Zwandong Ren the Birmingham uh, CEO, who I believe uh, Mike was going to do it. <laughs> no, no, we're going to stay clear of this one. Um, the, uh, what was interesting about this is all his so stuff. So you're, ha- you're happy to offend the Irish, but not the Chinese? I think they're more powerful, the Chinese. You don't know what you're fucking with there. There's a, lo- there's a lot of them. I do know that. What are you fucking with when it comes to the Irish? They're a, a jolly bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just, let's talk about Gary Monk. What about the Chinese? <laughs> and... Uh, and the fact that Birmingham sacked him but kept all his staff, kept Pep Clotet, kept James Beattie. And uh, some of the reasons given, apparently they fell out because Gary Monk, his mate, James Featherston, was handling all their transfers while they had the, the transfer embargo and doing what they could do while they had those difficulties. They broke that embargo, we should add. Yes, they did. And uh, and they said for, the, for next season, they said, well, now that's all behind us. We're going to just work with other agents. Apparently... Uh, Gary Monk got the hump. The chairman also sent the, uh, a message through the CEO saying a suggestion, saying he wanted the team to play more possession-based attacking football next season. And the uh, the CEO asked Gary what he thought about that idea, and he said, uh, "Whoever said that doesn't have a fucking clue about football." So that's not necessarily the way you would speak to a, a CEO. The, the the one that really stood out to me was about the um, under-23s team. So Mr. Wren says, uh, we treated Gary well. Whatever Gary wants, Gary gets. He wanted an under-23 team. Gary got an under-23 team. And we became the only championship football club whose under-23 players didn't get a single minute in the first team. And as a result, no other wanted to sign new contracts. But as soon as the news broke that he was 
going, some of the players turned around and said they were willing to start negotiating again. There was also, he mentioned that uh, in this under-23 team, a lot of the players were being tapped up to work with James Featherston, like switching agents to go and work for him. And uh, yeah, his old, uh, he rounds off saying Gary has lost his focus on football. Every time he gets fired, he becomes richer. I don't know if he still has a desire to be passionate about football rather than controlling things and all these transfers, which just made me think, Perfect for Newcastle. Go go work with Mike Ashley. The pair of them. Yeah, two out, out of the, the frying pan into the inferno. There, but, uh, yeah. And Monk's response. We should. He does have the right response. To be fair, he uh, he tweeted a statement into which he'd uh, he'd photoshopped a, a photograph of himself at the top, um, looking thoughtful and wistful into the distance against uh, the backdrop of St Andrews, and then his long thing where he said he wasn't going to going to address any of this. He just wanted to thank the blue noses. It was it was very much Monk speak. It was. Well, it turns out Monk speak is whoever said that doesn't have a fucking clue. And uh, you, youth team player, sign with my agent. If true. Uh, I like to think we've in some way contributed to him getting fired then, actually, uh, because if our swashbuckling style has made the rest of the division go, wow, look at what they're doing, playing that beautiful football and then screwing it all up at the last minute. But let's not get caught up on that bit. Uh, but I want some of that apart from the screwing it up bit. I mean, they beat us twice. Yeah, there is that. So, it's a, it, I mean, that speaks to how good we were. That The team that beat us twice, their owner, is looking at us going like, why don't we play more like them? Who else? Pat Bamford, just for um, causing the, the biggest trouble in Ireland since a while. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say. Yep. Man United as well. We mentioned them last week for uh, ponying up that nobody for uh, an interview about our forthcoming friendlies. They've done it again. Uh, Scott McTominay this week, who I realise is a first team player occasionally, but he's, he? a, he's basically a 14 year old freak. So that's maybe why they wheeled him out. I don't think he's old enough to remember uh, January the 3rd. So that might be the thing they're trying to just people who don't have that in their uh, their mind. And while we're at it, we didn't mention Gary Neville's tweet. So let's nominate Neville for uh, saying, welcome back to my life, Leeds United, about the Salford City draw. Haven't seen you for 15 years, which he knew he would get loads of people replying, pointing out that. Uh, January the 3rd was 10 years ago. So for a... Factual error. Deliberately soliciting banter. Yeah, that's what what I'm putting... I might might, uh, report him for malicious communications as well. For soliciting. Yes. From that pack then, pick yourself a winner. I'm inclined to monk. How has he made our life worse though? Haven't we not just been spectators to this one? Beat us twice this year. Mm, And and then then got sacked. And then got sacked. And we don't know... uh, there is maybe some retrospective uh, depression because Middlesbrough are investigating his transfers. They're having a look at this agent's involvement. So we go back to uh, our time and Mo Barrow and uh, what's his face from fucking Swansea. The Grimes. Grimes, not the singer, the shit player. So you go back and look and see uh, see what damage he wrought. That's a terrifying prospect. Monk. 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 Well done, Gary Monk. On to the Andy Hughes Hero Award now then. Somebody who's enhanced our life uh, as Leeds fans to some extent. Who have we got for this one? We've got um, a guy called Ian McFarlane. His name probably won't leap to people's uh, memories of Leeds United or knowledge of Leeds United. Um, I had to check. I thought I knew the name because I did spend a lot of time staring at the Leeds United handbooks um, around the time that he was with the club. Um, he's died aged 86, but he was our chief scout during the first sort of six years of uh, Howard Wilkinson's reign from 88 to 94. So he was uh, around the club and a, a big part of it. When you look on the um, the list of club staff that's in those handbooks that the, the club used to sell, he is just beneath Howard Wilkinson in seniority. Um, although he didn't get a photo 
on the uh, uh, Mick Hennigan and Alan Sutton used to get photos, but he did not. But yeah, chief scout for one of our glory eras at the club and uh, was a manager of Yeovil, which is where I spotted this. He was briefly manager there and uh, was passed on. So a little salute to him. And it's worth remembering that at this time, there was none of the analytics and data analysis that we have now. I mean, obviously we've just seen the announcement this week of our club partnering up with, is it Analytics FC, the name of the company that they've uh, got all their data from? We've signed up for another year. People have crunched the numbers to try and find footballers like Dan James. Yes, that was a hilarious example. They did a big long press release talking about the players they discovered already in their relationship with Leeds. And uh, yes, Dan James, big story about that. And then until it got to, unfortunately, the transfer did not. Cheers, lads. Because we had no money. <laughs> but he did a sterling job and he brought us, um, you know, some really good footballers during that time. Particularly when we look back on our interview we had with Hal Wilkinson, who said that, what, he, it's a good hit rate if you get 40% of your transfers that work. I'd argue he, he surpassed that when he was in charge of Leeds, so some some good work. Yeah. He was very much Sheffield-based, I imagine, the head <laughs> scout of that time. Who else then? I think Alioski. He's become more than a footballer now. He's up there with Martin Luther King... Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mother people Teresa. pulling nations, broken nations together. In the article I did write about this, I mentioned that if George Weyer can become the president of Liberia, then there's nothing stopping Alioski becoming the president of North Macedonia, apart from the fact that it would be completely ludicrous. I don't know what laws he would pass. That might be something for an extra report. Let's make a note. If Alioski was a president of a country, <laughs> what laws would he pass? But yes, he's a, he's a, a big shout for a hero, fighting uh, hatred with humanity and knock off lead shit. No, genuine lead shit. When I say knock off, just like, just hand it over. I don't think it was even signed, but it was filmed that he was giving it to this guy. Anybody else? Or should we pick from those two? Uh, I've written um, Eddie McGoldrick's eyebrow. I think deserves a, a nomination. It's, it's, it's almost uh, heroic. Is yeah. he still alive? Do we know? The eyebrow mm. is distinct to the... The man, is, yes. We're going to have to look up some photos of Eddie McGoldrick because looking at that eyebrow, I, he had the, the appearance of somebody who would now be completely bald but he'll still have that eyebrow and possibly the moustache too. So we need to check. He might be in a, like a metal band too. The Omnibrow is an interesting fashion choice, isn't it? Do you think there's not somebody in your life at some point who's close enough to you to say, you know what, just give that a bit of a tidy up in the middle there. <laughs> you see how everyone else has got two, two or none in the case of Warnock? <laughs> Maybe we just grow back thicker. That's the thing you'd end up with this massive clump in the middle that you have to tend to. <laughs> it is fair to say it is a slim week for heroes here. If a if, uh, Crystal Palace and Arsenal midfielder of the 90s is having his eyebrow nominated. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to give it to Alioski for being a, a statesman and then also an honourable nod in the direction. And thank you to Ian McFarlane for his work they did at the club. Happy with that? Yeah. Right, Summer Special has now gone off pre-sale. Any remaining copies will go on general sale. It will be following in digital form in the coming days as well. So have a look out for that. You can find that on the website. And please, if you want to get behind us, and as we announced earlier on, more podcasts coming your way this season, get behind us by subscribing to The Extra Ball. It goes with this podcast. We talk about a load of nonsense, play a board game, and plenty more. You can find all that at thesquareball.net. We'll return next week. Thanks for listening to this one, and we'll speak to you then. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.